0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: It's a little after 5 o'clock on a Wednesday Perfect time to sit down uh, Pour yourself a cup of joe Gather around the radio Gather around the, the laptop, the telephone However it is that you've chosen to Share yourself with this show Maybe you'll find it interesting I would encourage you to Take a minute, listen in, or maybe go that extra mile, participate. You know, this show is uh, shared out across, I don't know, dozens of networks. Uh, it, it reaches out across all kinds of different platforms, and it reaches out with the purpose of sharing the good word, sharing the good news, sharing the problems, sharing the solutions, bringing people together. I believe that if we work together, we can fix anything. I believe that any one of us brings something to the table. Every single one of us. I don't care if you're old. I don't care if you're tired. I don't care if you're mentally challenged. I don't care if you have no legs. I don't care if you don't have a computer. I don't care about any of that stuff. Every single one of us can make a difference. Every single one of us, if we decide, if we decide today, 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 I'm going to make a difference, we could. Now imagine if you woke up in the morning and said to yourself, well, here's how I want today to go. Here's what I want to see happen. Lay it out. Make a decision. You know, that's one thing that sets us apart from everywhere else, everybody else, every other race, every other type of creature, every other type of inanimate object, is that we get to choose. By the very nature that we are human beings, Endowed with certain inalienable rights And one of those inalienable rights Is the ability to choose Choose what we want to do Now sometimes there's risks in what we choose Yeah If I choose that I'm going to climb up a telephone pole And do pull-ups off of a high-tension power line There's a high risk that I'm going to have a problem with that But I could choose that I have that right the right to choose. Now, there are some rights that we have uh, allowed ourselves to uh, have been compromised, such as the right to grow a cannabis plant in some places in some ways, or the right to grow as many cannabis plants as you want anywhere. Now, there are certain hoops that you could jump through and possibly find yourself exempt from prosecution in certain places, but we've let those rights slip through our fingers a bit. We could change it. We have the right to change it. We have the right to choose that. So I'm saying this. What if today, what if tomorrow, today's almost over? So let's put it in our heads. I don't know, if you want to. If you don't want to, hey, maybe you'll find this entertaining. This is what those people that want to make the world a better place to talk about. That might be cool. Might want to listen in, see what's up, see what those guys are up to. Because we're those guys. We're those guys that wake up in the morning and say, yeah, you know what, the world's got issues, but maybe I can be part of the solution. Maybe I can help make a difference. And I know there's people right now, right now listening that have made a difference. And I know some of the people that are listening, because I can see them. You don't know this. I can see right through this computer screen, right through your camera, and see you. I can see you when you're calling me on 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 the call line. I don't know everybody that's calling, but I know some of you. And some of you have made a decision along the way to be part of the solution to help. And some of you have taken initiative and have decided to get out there and take on some of the challenges. Well, that's what I'm talking about. So I believe very strongly that I can make a difference on my own, and you can make a difference on your own, and there's a lot of people doing their own thing all over the place. Trust me. Get in the advocacy activist world and you'll see a thousand people doing a thousand different things. And a few of them have made a decision to work together. And I know this. When we decide to work together, the effort that we can put forth and the things that we can accomplish are significantly better than anything that each of us could do separately and on our own. So, just want to lay that out there today. Maybe tomorrow, when you wake up in the morning, make the decision.
0: I did pause when you were trying to. Okay. I was like, what are
1: you doing? Anyways, we've got some special guests here today. And um, I've got a guest that's supposed to be calling in, the main guest, David Bass from the Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana, but he's not here yet. And so I've got my backup guest or my secondary guest that I was just going to have come in for a minute, but you know what? We may end up switching that out. So it's okay. So one of the things that people can do in the world to make change is grassroots efforts, and we can get out there and support people uh, that, are, that are fighting cases. If you find yourself charged with a cannabis crime or any kind of nonviolent offense, Maybe it's worth standing up to fight. Well, that's something you can do. You can stand up and fight. The second thing you can do is get involved with the group that stands up and helps other people fight. Well, that's what the human solution is all about. But another thing that you can do is you can make a decision to get inside the the, the belly of the beast. You know, we live in a world that is governed by political entities, political bodies, political individuals, and you know, we've, we've got this system that is interwoven into everything and legislation and lobbyists and influencers and, and, you know, these elected officials that start from the, you know, the water district all the way up to the president, you know, and everywhere in between. And, and there's these giant power grabs and, and there's um, every kind of corruption you could imagine. And both systemic inside of every party, and individualistic and in the water and in the wallpaper and in the, the 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 air that's blowing through the vents. And we can stand up and fight against it, and we can file lawsuits like we talked about last week. We have a nonprofit that's filing lawsuits with the federal government to abolish private prisons. That's a way that we can be proactive and take some action. We can get out there and and do grassroots organizing and get the people to stand up and protest when we feel something's out of line, and we do that. But another thing we can do, and this is something that I wish more people would do, um, but more and more people are doing it. They're stepping up and they're saying, you know what, I'm gonna put my hat in the ring. I'm gonna go ahead and run for office, and why not? For anybody who who is one of these worry wards who's like can't do anything because there's a thousand reasons why you can't, I got one reason why you can and it's real simple. It's why not? You know, unless you can come up with a good reason why I shouldn't do something, maybe it's worth a shot. You know, and you think about it, you go, well, what's the worst could happen? I lose? All right. Well, hell, I've lost a lot of things in my life. I picked up and kept on going. But what if I win? What if I win? Or what if I even get close? What if I learn a bunch of stuff along the way? And says, oh, man, if I would have known this, I could have won. Maybe next time I will. So we don't know until we try. And one thing I've learned in life is experience is the ultimate school. Just getting in there and, and trying it. You, you learn so much. Like there's no way to, to you know, I always tell people, until you've gone to court, you have no idea what what our justice system's like. Until you've been locked up, you have no idea what it's all about. Yeah, you can watch movies and and maybe some of them are accurate, but to feel that feeling and to 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 taste those tastes and to smell those smells and to just have that that experience, the the, the three dimensional beast that it is, you don't know until you know. And I've sat in courtrooms all over the country, and things happen in these courtrooms that you just go, really? That can't happen. Oh, my God. They can't do that. And they do it. And, and you get locked up, and you go, oh, my God, I got rights. No, you don't. They can do whatever they want, anything they want. And what are you going to do about it? And that's what it boils down to. So when you think, oh, this is how the political world works, my guess is, you're probably not right. My guess is until you jump in and start to start to peel it away and be part of it, you're not going to learn it. And our political system is screwed up every single way you could imagine, and every party has got problems, and every every everything political has problems. But guess what? Any problem can be fixed. Remember last week we talked about humanity being a basket case? Well, guess what? Our political system's a basket case too, but you know what, a couple of good mechanics and a couple of good welders and a guy that's got a couple of good tools, you can put shit to get back together. And I tell you what, if you can get somebody who's not afraid into any environment, whatever environment it is, it doesn't matter. The political environment, the whatever, you pick an environment, you get somebody that's not afraid to come in there and engage and, and to, to to learn it as you're going and to, to uh, go after a problem in a, in a way that makes sense. You can get something done. So we got a guy here right now, Mike Webb, who has been involved with the Human Solution now for a couple of years. I've been working with him now for a couple of years, and uh, my favorite place in the world, Kansas. Um, <laughs> as as I've had so much fun in Kansas, and and you know, but the truth is is, is we've made some big progress in kansas we've we've jumped in and you know we're not afraid we we get in there and we figure it out when somebody calls me up and says hey there's an opportunity to talk to somebody that might be able to make a difference i say okay let's go figure it out you know we'll learn it along the way we'll jump in and and we'll speak with confidence you know we have confidence that we're coming from the right place we have confidence that we know what we're talking about we have confidence that if i got an opportunity to jump in there and and put my two cents in i would and and mike's right there with the same line of thinking so mike why don't you tell us a little bit about number one the office that you're running for and what 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 brought you to this like a week ago you and i were talking and there was no talk about i'm gonna run for office we were talking about other stuff and now all of a sudden this happened. so
2: well, I'm running for the 93rd district of the House of Representatives in the state of Kansas, which is you know, just the state house, um, not the Senate, it's the House side. But uh, what really brought me to running is because our current representative does not represent my interests at all. And last couple of years, or two years ago when they were having the election, I was more of um, I was an independent, as a matter of fact, I was helping with an independent gubernatorial campaign and I'm just kind of getting to lead into what led all of it together, or do you just want a short version No, of it? No, no, no. That, that, we, we got
1: the time. I didn't think we were going to have the time, but we do. So definitely uh, tell us the story, yeah.
2: So anyway, I met my representative, and to be honest with you, I you know, I was disappointed. You know, I was like, this guy represents me? You know, this dude is who I expect to uh, convey how we feel about what's going on, you know, because... Sure, he would say things like, yeah, I'm going to see what I can do, you know, the mean, kind of thing, you know, like, okay. Anyway, needless to say, I didn't want him in again this year. And, uh, you know, as you know, I've been working with the Republican Party. I've been a precinct committeeman for a while. And um, so nobody had put their name on the ballot. Well, then I got wind that, you know, there's no better word for it. They are, you know, moving in corporate stooge, you know. They have picked somebody, you know, the business industry has picked somebody that they want to be in that spot. Well, um, that's the same old thing that's been going on, and I'm not with that. And to be honest with you, I already know for a fact none of my constituents are You know what I mean? So we're not going to do that. I mean, we're just not going that way. And so I decided, you know what, I don't care. Y'all are going to hear me, I guarantee you. You're going to hear my message. And at the end of the day, I guarantee you, whoever's running against me will be using parts of my platform. It'll get the ball rolling. You know, make them pay attention. But I think I think I can win. I've got my cousin running right next door to me in the next district. His last name is Webb too, and he's been on the school board. And uh, you know, his sister, his husband is a law enforcement officer. And so we're going to be combined. You know, we'll be able to make time to just say Vote Webb for Freedom. You know what I mean? And uh, we'll light it up. You know, we got good platforms. We got solutions, Joe. We have solutions. You know, we come from the human solution. We have solutions. I'm not just going to break up your whole party
1: and just leave you with a wrecked house. I'm going to wreck your house and then show you how to fix it. Yeah, you know, and that, and that's a thing that, that is generally missing. You know, I don't know how many times my, my disgust with the political system comes from the, the campaigns and and, con, and continues on throughout, uh, you know, the, the, the terms that these people run. And I watch year after year, cycle after cycle, these guys come up and say, I'm going to. And, and when they're campaigning, they have a magic wand. And I'm going to lower your taxes. I'm going to raise your benefits. I'm going to give you and give you, give you, give you. And there's no answer to how that's going to happen. I'm going to give health care for everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm, I am the wizard of friggin' Oz, you know, nope, the Kansas yeah. reference there, right? And, and And then they get into office. And you don't hear another word from them. Right. And, and then you jump on, on the phone and say, hey, buddy, uh, remember you said you were going to, oh, yeah, 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 we're working on There's a committee over there. And nothing ever happens, ever. And there's no accountability for it. Then they come back and they run again. Now they're an incumbent. And now they've got two years, four years, six years, whatever their term was, of, of experience behind them. And they might have done a little something along the way. They'll Stand on that. Oh, look what I did for you guys. Nobody ever seems to go back and rewind to those speeches that they made the previous term and and place that for them. Like I well, I don't know why nobody does that. But I would say, imagine this, if a candidate came up like even some of these guys that that we've interviewed, I think they're good guys. I like I I like their their energy, the fact that they're running is fantastic. You know, some of the proposals are just so far out there. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to do this. I'm going to come in there and do that. Well, okay, that's great, except if they don't want you to, and except if you don't actually have the power to do that, and except, and it goes on and on and on. You know, you can say, well, I'm going to undo the whole world. Well, great. How are you planning on doing that? You know, because I tell you what, the executive power of the president is wearing a little thin on a lot of people. And uh, I don't know how much longer they're going to get away with what they're getting away with. There's going to be some blowback here, I think, sooner than later. So, and it trickles all the way down. You know, every, every position has, has things that you can do and things you can't do. And I just think that if we were to come at a problem with an actual solution, if we were to come back and say, listen, I'm a guy who can think. And here I'm going to demonstrate that. And here's the problem as I see it, and I'm looking at it from a point of view that probably has facts and figures and, and input, and, and i got a whole team of researchers to tell me all about it, so I could probably look at that problem better than most, and I can look at the tools I have actually to fix it with, right? So, like, you ever go into an engine that is an a, a import engine, and it's all metric tools, and then you come into it with your standard socket set? Guess what? You can't fix that car because you got the wrong tools. And I've done it before, and I'm like, crap, I forgot to bring my metric set. Well, guess what? You know, the same thing has to do with any kind of problem. And and there's things that can work and things that can't. I just think that there's not enough common sense in, in any aspect of our government. There's not enough common sense in our world, period. And I think if we could bring some of that into it with some solutions that make sense and – be available, you know. I think that politicians are available up until the time they get elected with very few exceptions. I think a good a good elected official is connected to his community. I think if you get elected, let's say when you get elected, I think one of the most important things you could and should do is spend time talking to your people, you know. How the hell do these guys represent us when they don't even talk to us, you know?
2: Well, yeah, and you know, Joe, I, You know, I think that um, I can't do it by myself that, you know, that's a stone-cold fact Um, All I can do is get in there and show them where things are messed up Show them how I see it and then give them the options that can actually fix some of their problems Just like for instance with criminal justice reform They honestly didn't know what to do So their idea this year for Kansas was to raise a good time from 15% to 50% which means you know that saves Kansas money right now but in the long run it's just, prisons will still fill back up, people are doing half their time and it doesn't matter. I don't think Let me let that. me give you a
1: point of reference. California has had fifty percent time for fifteen years and our prisons are overflowing and they nothing and we ran out of room in the state prisons and they started taking terms that were less than five years and putting them into the county jails.
2: I think, Joe, and this is a tough one, but this is realistically what I would like to see happen. I don't want to have to write new legislation for stuff. I want to de-legislate a whole bunch of things, peel back a whole lot of regulations. And I would like to get in touch or, you know, as a representative of my state, I could get in touch where I feel like I could with, you know, bigger corporations, bigger money machines and say, hey, look, we need your help. You know what I mean? There is a way that we can put together plans with pharmaceutical companies and doctors' organizations and the companies that people work for where we can spread medical plans out for people to make it affordable. You know, if the corporations and the way the wealth works in America, and as you can see, any population center tends to win Democrats, and that's because they believe that they're going to, you know, be more socialist. You know, they're going to give them more for free, for nothing. You know, that's kind of their gig. But if we can get corporations and big interests and stuff to understand that if you don't make the people that work for you feel like you care about them, they're going to take it from you eventually. Sure. Grand, maybe not your grandkids, but maybe their grandkids, they will tear the, your castle down around your ears, just like they have throughout all of history. I mean, it's happened over and over and over. And so I think we can come to them with a solid plan and a realistic idea and say, hey, come on, we all love you. We all realistically like each other. We all want to help. We all want to be the one that did something. You guys can all come together and just save everything.
1: No, I agree. And I, I think that there are, uh, you know, the, the problem with a lot of the big corporate interests is everything is, I mean, there are so few big companies that, have that point of view. there are a few of them that are known to be good to their people, known to have um, policies that are um, you know not just one-sided. Unfortunately, I think a lot of them that are very self-serving, like the prison industry and like the pharmaceutical companies, um, they're pushing a lot of influence into the government. Uh, to pass legislation that benefits them and to pass legislation that blocks their opposition and their competition. And there's a lot of that, unfortunately, I don't know, that, that, that is kind of in the fabric of our existence. Now, I know that you've been working or we've been working with a lobbyist in Kansas, and we've gotten our, our feet wet a little bit in the political system through that um he was able to get me uh uh an opportunity to come out there with you guys a few months back and 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 speak before a special uh session um of the state senate uh about a specific issue and i got to meet some of these senators and and the one guy that i did talk to in specific was the president of that committee he seemed to actually make sense he was he was he wanted Everybody. to hear yeah, he wanted to hear about the truth. Like, you know, he knew. I come from California. We've been doing this stuff for 20-some years. I've got some experience behind how it actually works. And he wanted to know, well, what's, you know, what's the mechanics of this? You know, how is this – how could this work? And so he wasn't – he didn't seem to be philosophically opposed to the notion, but
2: he's, – He's drafted his own medical marijuana bill now.
1: Right. And it, it'll – It'll probably be ridiculous like all of them, you know. It, it seems like as they, if you put too much common sense into something, you sort of let go of the reins a little bit too much in, in you know, in a, in a politician's mind. You know, they have this notion that more regulations is more better and more control over everything is the only answer to it. And the truth is it's the opposite of that.
2: How is that a Republican ideal? How come every time they pass something it's got to be, you know, it just drives me crazy for them to say that they are for limited government and <laughs> write in 5,000 regulations on changing a toilet? You
1: know, I, I totally agree. On you know, one of the things that I would like to see happen would be an audit of not only our budget, a, a, deep, a deep audit, just the same way IRS comes and audits us, I would like an independent third-party agency to come and audit our whole government, every state government, the whole federal government. Let's just do an audit, and I'll bet, I'll bet, and I'll bet, I'll say it again, that there would be some shenanigans found. I'll just okay. bet, and and I wonder why that never comes up, number one. Number two, I wonder if we were to audit our criminal code and uh, tax code and our uh, civil code you know the, we have legislators right you're running to be one their job would be your job if you get this office is to pass legislation right that's the job that's the name that's the title well we've been running for 250 years passing legislation think we got a few yeah. laws think we got enough like at what point do we have enough laws like we uh, need we
2: got to pass a new one every year.
1: Right. Every year. And, and so my thinking is, what if we decided, okay, we got a lot of laws now. Maybe some of them we don't need. Maybe some are outdated. Maybe some are wrong. Maybe some are bad. I mean, historically, we've had a lot of bad laws, right? We've had laws that, that didn't allow equality. We've had laws that have allowed for major inequalities. We've had all kinds of bad laws, and one by one, enough people get upset and they stand up and it, one gets changed over here, but it doesn't always get changed right. It gets changed a little bit, and, and then they keep going, and, you know, it's this ongoing thing. What if, I'm just saying, what if we took a year off and said, how about we don't pass any new laws until we just go through our codes that we already have? Now, if you go to a law library, you ever been to a law bra- library? They're friggin' huge, Right? Huge, huge, okay? And these are the statutes that govern us, right? These are the laws that we are held to task on. Like, our job is to live within this set of rules. Civil, that go all the way down to your little city that you live in, they got rules. The county that you're in, they got rules. The state that you're in, they got rules. And then you got your federal rules that rule them all. And it's your job as a citizen of this great United States to somehow know them all, because if you don't know them and you break them, you're still accountable. Well, nobody knows all the laws. Nobody knows all the rules. We sort of figure out what we can and can't do as a rule. Well, I bet if you were to take an interview, 10,000, 100,000, a million people, and say, tell me about what you understand the rules of society to be, and just spend an hour with them and say, well, you can do this, you can't do that. You can do this, you can't do that. You should do this, you shouldn't do that. Whatever. I'll bet you we could take all those hundreds of thousands of laws and distill them down and break them down into a lot less. Now, the problem, well, I don't know if it's a problem or not. A solution. There we go. And, and And here's the deal. You know how you undo a law? You pass a law to remove a law. That's, we could say our legislator's job for the next term is gonna to be to remove laws. You don't get to pass any new ones till you removed all the bad ones. I don't know, I would, I would be cool with that. Maybe there's an act that could be put in that says we need to do a, a, a criminal code, a civil code, a health and safety code audit and remove all the outdated, poorly written, Bad legislation and just clear it off and start anew if we need to.
2: Un- Oklahoma has really been knocking it out of the park. Governor Spent just did that exact thing. He did a financial audit on all of their you know tax stuff and whatever, and he the first thing they found was twenty five million dollars that the uh, medical the Oklahoma medical authority had lost. I couldn't. Uh, we don't know. Imagine
1: that. Him.
2: What? And he made them give it back. Yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma's Another law here, it's on the governor's desk right now where I can go get a prescription for medical marijuana in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, you know, they're pretty much, you know, open to the doors. They have the, the pricing is, you know, it's inexpensive. I mean, it's a it's a pretty good law. I mean, they're, the way they're doing everything, even their criminal justice reform is good. You know, my buddy's uh, wife had 15 years in prison for manufacturing methamphetamine. My,
1: my my thinking, and I am in no way any proponent of methamphetamine. In fact, I think this stuff is straight out of the bowels of hell. However, if that's what your crime is is you made a substance, harmful as it may have been, but you didn't do anything with it. you didn't you didn't steal from somebody, you didn't you didn't beat somebody up, you didn't break into their house, you didn't rape them, burn them, hurt them. I don't know, maybe that makes sense. You know, it does. I, I agree with you. Because you know what, when you're on house arrest, you have to pay for that. Okay, I know plenty of people that have been on house arrest, and it costs them every single month, and it's a pain in the ass. And you can't leave your house except for whatever whatever the terms are, and you got to make sure your little ankle bracelet's charged up. And yeah, every once in a while somebody cuts it off and runs, but for the most part, it holds most people to task. And guess what? You don't need any prison guards for that you don't need uh, you don't need a, a, a cafeteria for that you don't need a laundry service for that you don't need any of the shit that's inside of a prison or a jail for that in fact it puts that burden back on the person that's serving the time and they got to pay for their own shit and they also got to pay their their fees of, of being able to stay home and do it. I don't know that works for me a lot. A lot. It
2: is a good, it's a good system. I have actually tried to, and I'm trying to work on, there's a federal program called the Workforce Center, mm-hmm. and it's completely federally funded. And what they do is they connect low-income people with work, with work stuff. And I'm trying to find a way to integrate them into, you know, people being released from prison and then being assigned to a company, and then being on house arrest and things like that. Right. Working to get reintegrated, rather than cutting their time in half.
1: Right. You know? No, I believe there's a system. There's a there's a solution in that. We've talked about that before, and I believe that if we could get a, a a corporation or even a bunch of small businesses to to sign on and say, hey, I'd be willing to do that, and then you could present it to a body that says, hey, I got this group of 20 businesses that's willing to pilot this program. You know, let's let's give it a whirl. You know, you pick out your least dangerous. <laughs> people that that you start out with and i don't know have a little common sense in it actually like you know what they do it's the craziest thing i, I think they do it on purpose in california all the time they'll pass a law and they'll say well we're going to let the non-violent offenders out right or we're going to let we're going to cut the time in half we're going to you know we've got overcrowding in prison so we're going to release a bunch of people they always release the wrong guys they always let go the pedophile, they always let go the rapist, they always let go the guy who's the career burglar, they always let go this somebody who really shouldn't have got out, a guy who has a trail of victims behind him, a guy who, it was not a simple nonviolent offense, and then they went out and did it again, and then everybody gets up in arms. Oh, well, we, we gotta shut this whole thing down. Criminal justice reform is possible. It's just gonna require some work. It's gonna require some people actually putting an effort in, and it's gonna take a minute, you know? You're gonna have to work out the logistics of it. There's a lot of people probably, I mean, my guess is there's probably tens of thousands of people that could actually get a jumpstart back into society. And what's the biggest problem with the criminal justice system, right? Recidivism.
2: you know you know another thing too and i and i recently visited with the chief of police in a local department and we kind of sat down and talked about criminal justice reform and some of the things some of the things the court does wrong too you know because when the court offers somebody a plea bargain and let's say they're looking at 15 years and they offer them four and they say no i want to exercise my right and go through the process that i'm supposed to have the right to do well then they convict them and then they give them 15 years you were really saying in your plea bargain was it was really only worth four years to you. Right. But you're going to punish me for exercising my rights. Indeed. Somehow, some way, that's got to give because that is abuse.
1: You know, I'll tell you what. When I was fighting my case, I was facing 12 years on a first-time offense. I was, I was charged with 20-some felonies. Single one of them and I had already been fighting for several years and I had beat my first case I was in the middle of my second case I I had already been convicted I'd overturned the conviction I was I was fighting for my second trial in this case and I remember an attorney a well-known attorney in California a well-known cannabis attorney in California Started up one of the oldest normal chapters in California. Well-known guy. In fact, his daughter was my partner's attorney, and, and my co-defendant's attorney, right? Entrenched in the cannabis movement, right? Fighting for this very thing. And we were at an event, and I can still remember this. We were at an event and I don't even remember what it was, but it was after I had gotten out of the Twin Towers and I was, you know, getting my I jumped right back out there and I was advocating for everybody and I'm just like F you you guys, let me out. Well, F you, you know. And and I was I was being loud and proud and doing my damn thing, right? And he yeah. takes me aside and he goes, "Joe." He goes, "You got to take a deal." He says, "Joe, you don't understand." He says, you're never going to get a fair trial. He said even Abraham Lincoln had said, there was some quote that Abraham Lincoln had said about, you know, the justice system, the likelihood of anybody getting a fair trial is just, like, ridiculous. And I'm like, dude, I can't back down. I have to go forward. He's like, you're going to lose. And you know what? He was wrong, and I won. But you know what? The odds were not with me. I It was against all odds that I won, and you're right. That's exactly the mentality that we're dealing with in our criminal justice system. And you know what? It shouldn't be that way. It should be the same. If somebody wants to offer you a deal to, to plead out and, and, and settle, maybe it should be sweetened on some level. But to punish you, to punish you for exercising your due process rights that says, you know what, if you're going to take our court's precious time, and you're going to take our resources in fighting for your silly little freedom that we're going to, if we get you, bam, we're going to get you. And I tell you what, when they get you, I mean, the, the, the when they convicted me the first time before I had overturned it, that prosecutor was foaming at the mouth. I'm telling you, she's like, I got you, motherfucker. I'm going to put you high sentence, 12 years, first time offender, nonviolent, I don't care, 12 years, you're going down. And and And... That's what I was up against. And and so you couldn't be more right in in that statement. And that's one of the things that's wrong all across all the courts, all of them. It goes all the way from the littlest court to the highest court in the land.
2: You know, and and another thing that we've talked about that's wrong with the criminal justice system, at least there's a gap right now. And we've gone over this so many times, you know. But just like this case we're we're working on right now with – Casey, Casey Matthews case right Cassie I'm sorry Cassie yeah um, you know they, they raided her home over you know they scraped containers you know you couldn't even lab test that right you wanted to you know what I mean even if even if it was marijuana like you say and she told him it was CBD flower there was you know there was hemp, you know but so they have no evidence to disprove that right like zero and you're still going through this whole process just like you're like a winner and it's like you yeah guys, the law says beyond a reasonable doubt, and
1: you're 50/50 whether it's marijuana or him. That's not even close to reasonable doubt. Right. No, no,
2: I hear you, and that's and, and and
1: that's the kind of stuff. Like I said, these these prosecutors, I swear, they feed them, I don't know, some kind of friggin' lion food or something, because these guys, I, I I watch these guys, and you know, the job of a prosecutor is to find justice and to take on a case where there's an actual injustice that's been served and to prosecute it vigorously. And the job of a public defender and any defense attorney is to vigorously defend their client. And you know what? It doesn't happen. Neither one of those happen. The, the, the defense attorneys are like a bunch of limp fish out there. And the ones that will vigorously defend are so overbooked that they don't have time for you, and I have watched over and over and over again, those either of those two things happen. In either the the public defenders, especially, but even a lot of the paid attorneys, they just don't have their heart in it. You know, all they really want to do is plead a case out, get paid for showing up to court a couple of times. None of them want to actually dig in and do a trial. Well, guess what? I don't know a trial attorney. I think you should go to trial. Like you should be able to do that. That's in your title right there. And, and the public defenders, my God, all they want to do as a rule is plead a case out. They they get their 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 workload stacked up over their head, and most of them don't even know the law. I mean, I've dealt with dozens and dozens of public defenders, and in virtually every case that a public defender was involved, literally, we the support or the defendant had to actually educate the attorney, about how to approach their case because they didn't know the law that applied to this. What? That's your job. You do this for a living. Like, I've never been to law school, and I can tell you more stuff than most attorneys. I mean, not most, but, I mean, I'm just saying, there's been so many times I've walked into a situation and the attorney's talking yabber and yabber, and I'm like, no, that's not right. Like, you can't say that. And you're an attorney. You passed the frigging bar. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I, the lawyers are, you
2: know, well, that's the problem, okay? We've switched from being about justice to being just simply rule of law. But we're coming out of the age of the hardcore Nixon to the 1994 mandatory sentencing guidelines and stuff. And we're kind of breaking away from that stuff because it's overcrowded our prisons and it's caused all these problems. And I think that they're ready to hear about justice at the table. You know, I think that, uh, in my personal opinion, I believe that more power should be given. And actually, to be honest with you, the judge already has the power. But the justice system needs to more use that power to judge the case on the merits of the case itself when it comes to sentencing and stuff. You've already seen who this guy was. You know what I mean? You know what happened. You sat through the whole trial. You know the witnesses. You know what could have been and probably wasn't or probably was or whatever and sentence it more, you know, however, you know, however they see fit because let's be honest, when people hurt people, you know, they shouldn't get a second chance sometimes and and I'm just, that's just how I feel about it, you know, I'm kind of a warrior about some stuff, you know, you know, child molesters getting two years of parole and stuff like that, that's not okay. No. That's not okay, I'm sorry, no.
1: No, I couldn't agree more. Well,
2: I, I, I believe that this
1: is discussion that needs to really be laid out i believe that this is um this is a project that is worthy of our effort um and i don't know if everybody listening on the show right now knows this but we've recently launched a 501c4 which is uh, an organization that allows us to raise funds for a candidate to um, uh, raise funds for lobby efforts and, and all of the stuff that the 501C3 really cannot do, the C4 can. And it's called the Human Solution Foundation. And it's recently been uh, organized and filed. And we're uh, putting the final strokes on, on, you know, just getting the working uh, uh, bank accounts and stuff like that in order. But the COVID got in our way and a bunch of stuff was shut down. So we're, we're getting through that. But at the end of the day, uh, we actually have a machine now that is about to turn the switch on that's going to be able to help raise funds for this um if anybody is got skills in any campaign efforts um website design development um you know wants to help out in any way shape or form um this would be an effort you know we've got mike webb in kansas we got sharon Ravert in georgia um you know these are people that are I would love to see an office. Like most of the people that are out there, you know, with their clown hats and they're doing their thing, I'm like, you know what, I'd like to see an office because it's probably still better than the guy that's in there,
3: right?
2: But
1: I would actually like to see you guys in office because I think you guys could actually make some difference and be taken seriously. You know, you could walk into a room and you're not the goofy guy that's doing the goofy shit. You're a guy who's serious and it actually has the people behind you and you're actually here to do that job that is in the job description. And I don't know. I think that there's some respect could be garnered on both sides from that. And I think that I honestly believe, and as much as I think our country is screwed up, and I think that there's so much wrong with our government, at the core of it all, I believe that our country is great. And I believe that the core principles – Not all of them, we we, we were founded on some fucked up principles too. But I think that there's a core of goodness in it that is remarkable and amazing. And I think that we can get that back, you know. I think that we can actually get back to, there were, if you read about George Washington and the things that actually drove him, he had some fucked up things. He had slaves.
2: He was mad at the Brits.
1: But but
2: for losing his job.
1: But if you look at what drove him to actually carry his army and literally carry them sometimes. Oh yeah. And these motherfuckers didn't have shoes on their feet. And they didn't have bullets for their guns. And they said, You know what? <laughs> Too bad. We're marching forward. And 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 this guy had so much heart to create this thing that didn't even exist yet. And that's, you know, literally what's underneath all of this, is, is enough heart that says, you know what, this is worth that kind of an effort. And I believe that we could take this and make it anything we want. There's nothing, there's no limit to what we can do. Like, we could literally change the Constitution if we needed to. Why not?
2: So, just the other day, I swear, the last few weeks ago, you Specifically mentioned one of my heroes in my personal opinion, just because what he did, and that was Genghis Khan, because Genghis Khan rode a horse across a wide open prairie terrain, and wore animal fat on his skin to not get it burned in the winter time, and united
1: people that hated each other. Yeah. And almost took over the world. Almost. And a single man and a few brothers did that. Yeah. So and can bring about
2: the difference, and we haven't seen one for no. a long time. Or if we've had, they've been whacked by somebody
1: else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they've been doing it all wrong. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems that the guys that have that kind of charisma generally have a cog loose in their head, and they 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 go after all the wrong stuff. But the point is, is it doesn't have to be that way, and 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 it can be a team of people. You know, imagine imagine if we had a team of people that had the heart. That, that was willing to get out there and put our necks out there a bit and and gathered around enough people that brought in all the resources that we needed, you know, I think we could do it. And, and I, that's what the human solution has always been about. And that's what all of this effort has always been about is, is bringing together these people that that are remarkable, you know, people that that, that have that heart to make some real and positive change.
2: I tell legislators on a regular basis when I get the opportunity that today in America, in Kansas, you could stand together and make changes that would make you remembered just like Thomas Jefferson or John. You could help save America if you will just slow down and listen to the changes that need to be made. And I know I'm a strange place for it to be coming from. I get it, but that's the difference. Yeah. Because I've seen it from the bottom, from the belly up. You know, that's the best way to learn a company is from the bottom up. I've seen the whole outside of this beast and I see what you're trying to do and it's a great thing you're trying to do, but
1: hold on. There's a better way to do it. Let's just check this out. That's all I'm asking. Well, you know, it it's an interesting thing because in Oklahoma and Kansas you guys actually have an advantage. And the advantage is your 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 population's small enough that you could actually get something done. You know, California, we got so goddamn many representatives because we got so much people and so much land that you know each the the voice of each of these guys is so watered down because there's so many of them. In Kansas, the population of the entire state is less than the population of LA County or San Diego. I mean, it's like
0: just three million. That,
1: wow. No, literally, we got cities bigger than your whole state, and and so but that's. But that's the good news because because of that, each person literally has a louder voice. Each person, you have
0: You're less. Too.
1: Yes, less work to do, and you know the kind of folks that move to a, a, a rural place, a place that isn't surrounded by seaports and and giant cities, is got some things in line. Like there's some, I'll, I'll bet you, Kansans have more in common as a rule than people from los angeles because oh, yeah. los angeles draws the whole world to it because of its proximity where where it is the weather the the ports the, the the industry everything there's a reason for anybody in the world to be in la but there's not a reason for anybody in the everybody in the world to be in hayesville i'm sure of it you know why because i've been there and some people would say this is a great place. And I'm one of them. I actually like the place. But a lot of people would say, well, there's nothing to do here. I can't I can't I can't live in a place like this cuz there's nothing here. Well, that means that you got enough of a commonality, I think, within the constituents that says, you know, you could probably galvanize a message easier than you could in another place and if you okay. could just get your messaging out there and and you got enough time i think i mean you're gonna you gonna have to jump in and start stroking because it's not you know it's going to be november in no time i don't know when's the primary
2: well the primary is in august so i'll basically have two months yeah uh, and uh, so i'll buy submit you know, all by signs and cards and then uh i got some people some republicans out here that'll knock on doors for me and things like that so you know, we'll just see how to, I actually have a meeting with my opponent tomorrow. Nice. Uh, because to be honest with you, he's actually, you know, like I said, he's actually picked by the business industry and stuff. Yeah. And if he really wants to be a Patriot, I'm going to ask him to really be a Patriot. Right. I mean, I, I don't really want this job, brother. I'm going to take it, though, Yeah. first time around. First time around, I'm going to kick the rock and we're going to make it roll because at the same time. I don't mind being the bad guy, neither. All right.
0: I don't mind them dumping on me and whatever. As long as they take the voice and start
2: making the changes that need to happen, that's, hey, I'm cool, whatever. Right. And then you can come in and do what, you know what I'm saying, you did it. I
1: do, absolutely. Well, listen, we're, we're running out of time. We burned up our hour, but I'm glad we were able to do this. And let's. this is something you got to get used to doing right now. This has got to be part of your new tagline is, Somebody wants to help you out. How do they do it?
2: right? Um, we don't have it yet, okay,
1: so tomorrow we're tomorrow yeah. we're gonna have an answer for that. so yeah. um Becca is screening calls right now. I'm gonna reach to her. We're gonna have a meeting tomorrow. We need to have We need to be beating that drum and saying, "Hey, if you want to help, here's how we need to get yeah. that website up and running, and that needs to happen like yesterday."
2: Yeah. So well, I, would have, I was trying to do the website today, but I was trying to open the account, and we had to put it off for a day, and we're waiting for the bank to call us back, and then hopefully we'll get it done tomorrow, and then I'll do the MikeWebForKansas.com or whatever it is, you know. All right.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's going to be part of the regular theme. So I'm going to say that, um, you know, one of the things that I can do is have you on the show every week, and we can talk about the progress and what's going on. And, um, you know, encourage all the other uh, podcasters and, and broadcasters out there um, to get a hold of Mike. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you to give you a voice, how do they do that?
2: Uh, web Mike 106 at gmail.com. Or you can uh, get a hold of me on the Human Solutions International, THSI. Just go to Dude Smell This, and you can send me a message on our website, Smell this, Um my phone number is listed on the government website, so you know you give me a call. Perfect, perfect. Like, you know? All right,
1: well that's what we're gonna get. We're gonna get good at handing those cards out, shaking those hands, kissing those babies, and uh, telling everybody how they can be part of 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 making a some real, real solution,
0: change. Joe. I love it.
1: Solution. Exactly. All right, well thank you so much, Mike Webb, and Sarah. Stick your head in there and say hi. All
2: right.
1: No, 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 Sarah. Stick your head in there. Say hi. There you are. All right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Thank you for being here. Yep. All right. So we have gone through all of our show. We have enough time to talk to Tom Corby for a minute here. And let's see how Tom's doing. You missed last week. And, uh, I was hoping he was okay. I'm glad he is. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
4: Thank you, Joe. I've uh, just been out printing trees. They're shading our garden on the light side. And that's one of the best things we can do. I'm just coming on uh, not really prepared for the virus is be outdoors in the fresh air, I believe. So uh, I want to thank everybody. All, all always uh, coming together in prohibition, our goal and vision. I talked last week about our cannabis, which show that uh, when the cannabis first went up for Chris Williams for his sentencing up in Montana, and then. The bus went on up to Oregon uh, Where he went to prison For what, I believe Five years show Yep yeah. Was it five years um, uh, About five I, years anyway so. um, Yeah yeah I, yeah, uh, I was wondering uh, you, We bring out a lot of times Where do people go What happened to Chris Williams I mean uh, he's been out I think a couple years now and I haven't heard how he's doing or anything.
1: Anyway, no, I never heard back, uh, never heard back
4: uh, from it, him. He never heard back from him either. Oh, never okay, heard back. so That's okay. I mean, it's just that it's, I'm glad that, that the, well, the Human Solution International, basically, and Joe and, and all the people coming helped him, uh, uh, give, him give him some court support. Of the third time. So the cannabis and Joe's running the event coming down uh, from Oregon and he's scheduled to go to Oakland And I said, Well, uh, it's straight or just come straight down I 5 and come here. Well, eventually (laughs) I talked him into it. The bus here. Overnight, number 12 uh, Don't forget to breathe, Tom Don't forget to breathe I got out of breath from out doing some pruning And uh, Stayed overnight So Stacy's east And I brought out uh, I guess I understand That the bus broke down up, up In Washington And they've, uh, we, that's when we Raced to 4,000 to get it fixed And on the road again and uh, they left, I heard, well, they left Medford and they broke down there overnight. And so they were a day late. And we had, I don't know, 20 people here last night in the bands. And uh, we had uh, up to the and we still have parties. And they're supposed to be coming still tonight. Uh, I'm waiting. Carrie Cannon is kind of helping run the band. Uh, There's supposed to be a doctor Tammy Brazils You well know her Joe, up, up there now They got there late last night And they're supposed to be Down here tonight So I'm getting with Stacy To see if she can work uh, Willow Creek Springs To her, her schedule Which is really tight She's a day late And they've got to be down in Arizona The 27th So we expect them tonight and when you talk about a walk for change, yeah, we're we'll getting a few pamphlets out, doing what we can here in Horoville. Uh, that's what the cannabis is all about—walk for change. Again, it is to prohibition for all our fellow tobias. No should be going to jail for our sacred plant. I've been using this medicine for 53 years. Never saw a day that I. Eat be able to grow my own plants and we keep it within the laws and regulations as much as possible. I actually find if you grow too many plants or you get any business which is a business and it gets too big, then you can't take care of that business. So we're doing about 13 plants and i got Frank and ran here a lot of help and uh, some of the experts in growing the medicine, people don't realize any kind of farming. You don't just plant a seed in the ground and become fat cats on the hills, which a lot of naysayers haters and reaper Man is, uh, I can't think of the word. Anyway, you, got what I, you know what I'm saying. Uh, so the bus is good to come here and then stay over and we got the band here. And Chito, uh Roberto Palmar, you've probably heard of him. He's got four bands. And uh, he's helped us also here, not only Donna and Frank and Ned and all of them, Daria, uh, but also helping out the garden. Uh, there's nothing better for you to have a garden, working out in the garden, Donna's mom lived to be 102 and a half years old. She would tell you, first of all, to alkalize your body. But say, a fruit and, and veggie diet. Almonds are not a that They're also a vegetable, and they're also alkalizing. Our plants actually like it uh, one one point lower at about a six, five, eight to six, two. And we like it about seven, which is the greeny blue algae stay. I just came out there. I'd like to share
2: if I don't have
4: anybody. I wouldn't have been in my 77 years. I would have never made it had I not had a salad, an apple every day to keep that doctor away. I did get a call frank was here thankfully for my my doctorate at a hospital in Chico. I just want to give them a shout out uh they're coming back uh they they're and they're they good care of me and uh so yeah, you've got a clean bill of health yeah, I do. And and, and thanks to Joe and, and for your medicine and all the medicine and, and fecals, your full extracts. Uh, I don't think that you can get a better medicine. So uh, I'll keep it close to Joe. Uh, uh, with Stacy, actually, I, I don't know that she started a uh, cannabis group. I don't know if you're in there. If not, I'll, I'll I'll, I'll see if I can get you in there and then, then you can kind of get up to date and see if they can get down there with you. Or maybe you could meet them somewhere. That would be awesome. I, I wish I could go too. <laughs> and, uh, okay. All right, Tom. And well, I, to... I, think, uh, yeah. I think
1: George Marconi just called in. Um, so I'm going to give him the last couple of seconds to say his piece. As always, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your your thoughts and ideas with us, and um, I'm glad to hear you're doing all right.
4: All right. Thank you, Joe. and I hope to see you this. and you and Liz. And as always, don't forget to read.
1: Thank you. You betcha. All right. Thank you, Tom. Tom, Corby, folks. All right. So I believe, and I'm not positive, but I think we got George Marcherano here to say a few final words as we close the showdown. And George Martirano, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
3: <laughs> hey, my California family. How are you doing out there? George Martirano here. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm not broadcasting from Philadelphia. No, uh, I went through some tough times up there with this pandemic. As you know, I own the Hipm Cafe. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see the HipmCafe.com. Extraordinary store uh, in Philadelphia. In the CBD industry, we help a lot of people. Anyway, it seems that my friends thought that I was really going through a lot, and they flew me down to Florida, and I'm here in Boca Raton with a dear friend of mine, Ron, and my, uh, my son, uh, God rest his soul's best friend, Benny. And guess what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen? We're going around looking for locations to open up hip hemp Cafes. So you're probably, right. uh, we're going to open up a hip Cafe in Boca Raton, Florida, And another hip hemp cafe in uh, Delray, Florida. And incidentally, this summer, we're opening up two more. So it it sounds cool and it sounds great. And you think it's all about me? No, ladies and gentlemen. What we want to do is create jobs and understanding the CBD industry because number one, it helps people first, money secondary. Helps people first, money secondary. And no one knows better than Joe Grumbine. And his family and his friends. So that's what Joe's about. Helping others. Joe.
1: Absolutely. And I'm I'm glad to hear you got yourself uh out of town and, and out to a place where uh the weather's nice and uh you get a get to enjoy yourself a bit while you're out there to expand your horizon.
3: Yeah, well like I said, you know, it, it, you do the best you can. Especially come to Lily, had to help others. And ladies and gentlemen, if you do that, you'll grow. You get a lot of assistance, a lot of finances. Stay the course. Believe, be a believer, not a nine believer. And in this industry that we're all involved in with this mother cannabis.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and I'm excited to hear that uh, you're like that. And I can't wait to see you.
3: I can. You'll see me in June. I give you my word. I'm it. looking
1: forward to it. All right. Well, all thank right. you so much. Take George care. Take care,
3: everybody. DD. All right. Take care. Love you, so. you all bet
1: You betcha. Thank you, George. All right, everybody. Well, it's uh an hour and a couple of minutes. Um, not bad for a one-hour show. And uh, I think that's it for today. And let's see what old Willie Nelson has to say. As the-
4: I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail
1: for a plant.
0: Little things I should have said done. you were always on my mind.